0: As we begin this time of prayer, I just want to take a few moments uh, to remind us uh, of the confidence that we have before God uh, as we pray. Uh, Please turn with me to 1 John, uh, chapter 5, verse 14 to verse 15. it's, It's on page 1023 in the Pew Bible. First John chapter 5, verse 14 to verse 15. The Apostle John writes, And this is the confidence that we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, In whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. Now, prior to these verses, the Apostle John has been encouraging believers of the things we need to be sure of as true followers of Christ. In verse 1 to 10, he wants us to be sure that we have true faith in Jesus as God the Son. In verse 11 to verse 13, he wants us to know that we have eternal life with God. And now he comes to verse 14 to 15. John wants to assure us that praying to God really works. It really works. And this is the confidence that we have towards him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask... We know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. There are two encouragements John gives us there uh, that we should keep in mind as we come to God to pray uh, in a moment. Two encouragements. The first encouragement is simple. It's simply this. God hears his children. God hears his children. The Apostle John tells us in verse 40, doesn't he? And this is the confidence that we have towards him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he does what? He hears us. The we is everyone who has new life with God, who has been born of God through Jesus. Because verse 13 defines the we, doesn't it? I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Now in verse 14, John is encouraging us that God hears every person who has received new life in Christ. What does that mean, that God hears us? Well, sometimes when, I, when a car p- is passing outside the house, or even when I'm preaching here and I hear a car passing uh, outside that road, I hear the noise. But I, d- I do not know what car it is. I just hear there's a car Car's gone. I don't know what kind it is, and frankly, I am not interested to know. But I've heard, but I'm not interested to know. That is not what John means when he says God hears us. He means God listens to us with perfect knowledge and interest in what we are saying to him. That is mind blowing. It's mind blowing. We know that in life, the more power someone has, the less they are willing to truly listen to other people. Think of all the powerful leaders in history. How many of them were known for listening? If Pharaoh had listened to Moses, he would not have drowned in the Red Sea. If Saul had listened to Samuel, he would have not lost his throne. And even as we think of our politicians, we might even say, if David Cameron had listened to the people, how they felt about the EU, he would probably be still prime minister today. See, power is an effective earplug. Powerful people don't listen well because listening gives away power. Listening says, you matter more than I do. And of course, no powerful person likes to give away any power except the one true God who has become our father through the Lord Jesus Christ, who in Christ took on the form of a servant. You know, just as a parent is pleased when their child goes to them to share the matters on their heart, so God our Father loves to hear us talk to him. And this is the confidence, says John, that we have towards him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. He's really interested in what we have to say. John is encouraging us as we come to pray this evening. Talk to God confidently because our Father is on tentacles to hear us. He's bending his ear. He wants to hear our voice. God is generally thrilled when his precious children come to him and pour out their ardent prayers when we tell him our joys our burdens and our cares oh what an amazing grace that is what a God we have and what incentive for us to pray earnestly to him not just tonight but all the time and let us remember this evening just how great God is think about who our God is Our 1966 Baptist affirmation of faith says this about God. We believe there's only one true and living God, a pure spirit without any material parts whatsoever, whose very essence is love, who is self-sufficient, immutable, eternal, omniscient, omnipresent, holy, almighty, And incomprehensible. In all his relations outside himself, he is sovereign, gracious, righteous, just, long suffering, merciful, and approachable through Christ only. You see, all of us want access to powerful people, don't we? Who can make our lives better. Bosses at work, celebrities, influencers. But it usually costs us something to access them. And and they can only help us up to a point. But God our Father has given us full, free, and permanent access to himself through his son Jesus. And he hears us when we pray to him. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. You know, sometimes when I call my older sister in Zambia, I use WhatsApp to make a call, right? And the line is not... Always clear. It actually sometimes disconnects when I call, and sometimes I could be talking, but she can't hear me. But talking to our Father in Heaven, it's never like broken WhatsApp, because we we are in Christ. You see, because we are in Christ, our line to Heaven is always clear. There's never a bad signal. Because Christ died on that cross for us, all our sins, all of our faith. All of us shame, past, present, future have been cleansed by the precious blood of Christ. We are now dressed in the perfect righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. God is now our Heavenly Father in Christ and He genuinely loves us and is deeply fond of us as His very own children. God doesn't only just love us in Christ. He likes us in Christ. And He has filled us with His Holy Spirit. And so as we pray to God tonight, there is no barrier between us and God. The, the, The curtain has been torn. Christ has torn the curtain open. So we can now enter the very presence of God, the very holy presence of God. And when we pray, God will hear us. Because God hears his children. That's the first encouragement as we come to God this evening. The second encouragement is this. And it flows from that. God doesn't just hear his children. He answers his children. God answers his children. You know, beloved, we never say it loudly, but there are times in our lives we feel like there is no point asking God to do anything. Because God always does what he likes. And often I get that question as a pastor, why do we need to pray and God is going to do what he likes anyway? Right? Yes, it is true that God always does what he wants. And it is also true that God often waits for us to ask him before he does something. And I think we need to keep reminding ourselves that, especially as reformed people. We need to remember that our God not only ordains the end, But he also ordains the means to the end. And he has ordained prayer as a means through which he showers his love on us. Prayer is the vehicle God has designed to drive blessings from his holy throne down to us. As Thomas Watson says, prayer is the key of heaven and faith is the hand that turns it. And yet even that faith is a gift from God. You see, it is often only when we pray that God acts for us. He acts sometimes without us praying for it. There are many things you didn't pray to, probably for the hair you're breathing right now. <laughs> but God has given you that. So God gives us many things we don't pray for. And sometimes God withholds giving us things until we pray for them. And this is the grace of prayer, isn't it? The God who is sovereign overall graciously involves us in receiving love from him as we pray. God can do it without our prayers, but God doesn't likes always to do things on his own. He likes to share. And so he involves his children even as he answers their prayers. Even as he gives them what they long for, he's inviting us to be involved in that. What a God, isn't he? And so John encourages us to pray. Because God will hear us and answer us. As we pray according to what? His revealed will in the Bible. Look at verse 14 and 15 again. And this is the confidence that we have towards him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests That we have asked of him. Notice that for John, the fact that God only does what he likes is exciting because if we pray for things God likes, he will surely answer us. If we pray for things God likes tonight, God will answer us. You know, George Mueller was a great man of prayer, wasn't he? He refused a regular salary and never asked for money from others, he depended only on prayer. I'm sure you've read that. Mueller once said something similar to John, didn't he? He said, prayer is not overcoming God's reluctancy. It is laying out of his willingness. Prayer is not overcoming God's reluctancy. It is laying out of his willingness. Muller at learned that God is not a vending machine. The key to having our prayers answered it is to pray about things that God desires for us. And as I look at this list in front of us, we have things on here that we know God wants us to pray for. Because the requests we've got here, they are in line with the word of God. We want unbelievers to be served. God wants that. We want fruit from our various outreach activities. God wants that. We want God's wisdom to help disciple one another, where he's the one who's given us the great commission to make disciples of all nations. God wants that. Our hearts are aching for many people in our churches going through deep personal trials. And we are longing for God to intervene. We are longing that God would use us to help them. God wants us to pray for that because he's the one who has said we must bear each other's burden and so fulfill the law of Christ. We want God to give us places of worship that are fit for purpose, new places of worship, and extensions to places of worship. We want God to help us with all the practical things we need in the life of the church. We know God wants that. Because even the buildings we have, they are a gift from him. And there are prayer requests here not included on these lists. Prayers we really want to share about people in our churches, but we can't write them down. For good reason. There is, of course, the usual burden of pastoral ministries. I'm always surprised when we get this list that we don't really have prayer matters shared about pastors themselves saying, Pastors need prayer. We don't write them down, but we know. We know. We often don't tell our people we need their prayers. But pastors in our meetings tonight, and those who are not here, need prayer. And I say, especially those who are not here, they would love to be here. But the burden of ministry perhaps has kept them from being able to come this evening. We must pray for them. And let us not forget our nation. It's not included on this list. How we need the Lord to turn this nation around from its current destructive and rebellious path. And we want God to revive the church in our land, don't we? We want God to pour His Holy Spirit. To change and renew the church in the land. To give us a new hunger for His glory. God wants that. God wants that. And so we can pray for that. These things are in line with the revealed word of God. The revealed will of God. So let us come to Him confidently this evening. God hears His children. And God answers his children. Amen.